One of the features that we see a great deal of in our televisions are the many quiz programs. Indeed, uh, as far back as we can remember, there's always been quiz, maybe even on radio, there have been quiz programs. Programs in which people display their knowledge. Mastermind, or the Million Pound Challenge, or Eggheads, or there are a whole plethora of uh, different quiz programs. You can think of the number, that's something you can think, just how many there are on and all the different channels. And, of course, many of the people are there trying, not just for the prestige of winning, but perhaps trying to win a prize. Many of those who appear in those programs are very knowledgeable. When, certainly when I listen to some of the questions, I think, well, I maybe know one or two answers, but not maybe so many. There are those who have the likes of mastermind of a specialist subject, and they have obviously revised, learnt a great deal about that subject. They know a whole host of material on their specialised subject, and they can answer give them a different subject, of course, it would be a very different story. But one thing that stands out in all of those programs is that all of those people, no matter how knowledgeable they are, there are always questions that they do not know the answer to. And we might often be surprised, although we'll not be surprised in these days, but sometimes it's the biblical questions that they stumble over. But many of them don't know uh, every answer to every question. What would it be like to know everything? Everything there is to know. Well, if that were the case, then you would be God. Because this evening we want to think about the omniscience of God, or to put it quite simply, to think about the fact that God knows everything. And the text I've chosen to, is that verse that we read in 1 John chapter 3, verse 20. The very end of the verse, it says, And he, that is God, knows everything. He knows everything. I'm sure you're probably well aware, Omri is for all, and the science bit is for knowledge, thus omniscience, all knowledge. What we say, when we say that God is omniscient, it means he has perfect knowledge of all things. He does not have to learn anything, and he has not forgotten anything. God does not have to reason things out uh, or find things out or learn them generally. He knows everything that has happened and he knows everything that will happen. God knows every potential thing that might happen. He knows those things that humankind is yet to discover. He already knows them. This knowledge of God is absolute unacquired 
The omniscience of God means that he has perfect knowledge, perfect understanding, and is able with perfect wisdom to, to apply his knowledge. It is mind-blowing to think about God in his omniscience. Uh, yet he is the God of all knowledge. And another aspect of that knowledge is that he, he holds it all together. Um, if you're asked a question, you may think, well, now I know the answer, but it takes a few seconds for the brain's cogs to go round and for you to get the answer. But in absolutely everything, God can know and knows immediately and simultaneously everything about everything. What a God. What a God. I want to just think about this first of all under the heading that this is something that Scripture upholds. Scripture upholds God's omniscience. And there are, as you read through Scripture, uh, just take a note of how the attributes of God are present. And we've come here to verse 20 of 1 John 3. And it simply says, He knows everything. But how often have you stopped to think about what that means? And we could pick out a number of verses and texts throughout Scripture that show that God is knowledgeable. Uh, We could take, for example, the prayer of Hannah, the mother of Samuel, uh, uh, when God revealed to her, what did she say in her prayer? In 1 Samuel 2, 3, uh, talk no more so very proudly. Let not arrogance come from your mouth. She's speaking to herself. For the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. She was able to identify God as a God of knowledge. She knew that God knew her need. The psalmist, Psalm 139, which we looked at last time, particularly, here's the psalmist again. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts. Here's the psalmist very clearly saying, God knows all about my path, my line. You know my very words. It's what the psalmist says. What a wonderful God. This, the, he also has infinite knowledge. Psalm 147 and verse 5 tells us that his understanding is infinite. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite, never-ending, total, complete. We run out of words to describe it. He has known all things also from all eternity. In Acts 15, verse 18 with the words known to God from eternity are all his works. From the very eternity, God in his being knew everything. And so his knowledge is limitless. Romans 11:33 on, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Or perhaps we should 
Just take a note of Proverbs 15, verse 3, a text that we might come back to. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. Such is the knowledge of our God. The scripture is clear. He knows everything. And our finite minds cannot begin to fathom the breadth, the width, the height, and the depth of God's knowledge of all that God knows. I could put it to you this way, that whatever you might think about in life, past, present, or future, whatever subject you might bring, whether that be in the universe or the smallest cells in the smallest creature in the depths of the ocean, God knows it all. Whatever you might think about, God already knows all about it. Past, and he knows the future. And it's clear that he does know the future from the prophecy we have again and again in Scripture. He tells what is going to happen. He sets it out for us because it is already known. And the Old Testament, whenever God speaks or promises, they took that word, not something that might happen, but they were able to take it as though it had already happened, although it was still future, because it is so certain a word from God. He knows. Sometimes it's easier to speak of God in the negative way. When we think of God knowing all things, we might put in a few clauses in the negative frame. We might say he does not need to be taught or we can teach him. There's a story told of the wee boy who went to school for the first day and he was being asked at home afterwards, well, how did it go? Uh, And he said, well, I'm not going back tomorrow. And he said, well, what's why? What's wrong? He said, well, the teacher doesn't know anything. He's asking questions, asking us all the, the questions. And we had to answer them, so he didn't know anything. Now, of course, the wee boy got it all wrong. The teacher was trying to tease out and teach, wanted to see what they knew. Of course, the teacher didn't know everything, but he knew a great deal more than the wee boy thought. God knew, knows infinite things and he doesn't need us to teach him doesn't need us to teach him anything another feature of this is that God is never surprised by things that happen we might turn a corner we might come to something in life and when it faces us it surprises us we wonder how this happened why we didn't see it coming is what we would say But our God knows all things. There is nothing comes in the whole wide world or universe that will ever surprise him. He is never surprised as we are. We are surprised sometimes when the blackest vagabond whom we might know suddenly turns to Christ and becomes a shining light from God is not surprised by that. Or we are surprised when someone who has walked it seems to us in the ways of God and is holy and upright in the scripture, 
suddenly falls into the depths of sin and leaves everything that he seemed to stand for and we're shocked and surprised. God is not surprised because he knows all things. Isaiah says, chapter 55, 8 and 9, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Who can begin to fathom the depths of the knowledge of God? A.W. Tozer, Root of God's Omniscience. Because God knows all things perfectly, He knows no thing better than any other thing, but all things equally well. He never discovers anything. He is never surprised, never amazed. He never wonders about anything, nor, except when drawing men out for their own good, does he seek information or ask questions. What a God we have. And it does us good to meditate upon these attributes and on this attribute of God. But secondly, I want to think this evening a little about the fact that men desire to reject God's omniscience. And there are teachers today, men who teach truth in many areas, but when they come to this aspect of God's character, they try to reject it. And there are reasons for that, and there are errors in within the Christian church because of this fault. Why would men want to challenge God's omniscience? He's in the very face of who God is. Well, because man is sinful. And sinful man knows that God knows. And when God knows man's sinfulness, then sinful man is utterly embarrassed. And our actions are known to God. And their ways are known to God. And so the easy thing, or what they try to do, is say, well, God can't know. How could God know everything? How could he know about their sin? Presents us with a challenge. We'll come to that in a moment. But God, they say... A God who can't know. And they want to reject that knowledge because they know. If God knows everything, they knows the itty-bitty little details, as the psalmist said, of their very thoughts. Some also read Scripture and find in it instances where they say that God didn't know For example, the message of Jonah. What was Jonah's message? Jonah's message was that Nineveh would be destroyed. But Nineveh wasn't destroyed because the people repented. And some would point to that and say, well, God obviously didn't, it wasn't all known. There was contingency and there are other places where it seems there's a contingency. Did God not know? But the answer to that is, well, God knew very well. And it's a misreading of the word. 
and misinterpretation of what God is saying. In fact, in those cases, it's often that God is accommodating himself to man's understanding. We might know better how to deal with him. But he already knew what would happen in Nineveh. He knew that there would be repentance. And Jonah was his instrument to bring the message to them. But the message was still clear. If they reject God, they would have been brought to nothing. But people don't like to think like that and they misunderstand the teaching of the Word and they say God maybe didn't know those things. Others try to reject the idea of God doing all things because of the difficulty it presents concerning his knowledge about the evil in the world. And it is a real problem and we can understand. Well, And we might ask, well, if God knew that Adam was going to sin, did he allow that to But of course God did know all that was coming. But he was given Adam that kind of a nature where he had a free choice, where he, he could make a decision. And God knew. But Adam is the one who is guilty, not God. And this God always turns these evil things to his own good, to his own glory. And the best illustration of this is Jesus Christ on the cross. Some might say, well, why did he allow the Son of Man, the glorious Savior, the miracle worker, to die on the cross? Well, if he hadn't died on the cross, no bloodshed, no covering for our sin. So God took the wickedness of man and knew what would happen and used it for the glory of God. And so again, those who reject because of this are are wrong. God knows everything. Thirdly, I want to come and apply this a little. God's omniscience draws us to worship. At least it ought to. The very thought that there's not a molecule in the world, nothing moves in the universe without the knowledge of God. The understanding that God knows exactly what is going to happen when we leave here, the route we will take, and all the things that are coming in the days to come. And he knows everything we have done, and he knows every cell of your body. He knows infinitely about this universe. What a God. And what we are to do as as creatures is just to be in awe of him, to bow down and worship him, to understand his limitless knowledge and say, Lord, what a mighty God you are. We can come to him and worship his name. We should stand amazed before his creation. Sometimes if you're out, especially a lovely day like today, and you're walking out in the countryside and you come on a great view, you go up to the viewpoint and you look out and there's breathtaking views. Our breath is taken away and you just, how amazing. And that's just the creation that God has made. We ought to be as amazed, far more amazed 
a breath taken away far more so by the power of God knowing all things. Breathtaking. What a great God we should praise and worship and honor his name. We could put this in a negative way if that, if the knowledge that God knows everything has not an impact on you to bring you to your knees to worship, then there's something wrong with you. Your heart is hard. You either do not understand the glory of God or your own poverty of soul or both. If God in his majesty and knowledge doesn't move us to worship, then we haven't a knowledge, a true knowledge of the God who is before us. What a mighty, glorious God we have. Let us worship him and let us bear in mind all that he is in his various attributes so we can sing his name with the psalmist. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. It should bring us to worship. But God's omniscience challenges our sin. Already mentioned Proverbs chapter 15 verse 3. The eyes of the Lord are in every place keeping watch on the evil and the good. Or even the Psalm 139 that the very thoughts of your heart they're known to God. The very wellspring of our minds are known to God. And when we think in sin, when our attitudes are wrong, when we act hastily, God knows it even before it's done. What a challenge. What a humbling thought. And it ought to make you hang your head in shame. Think over the past 24 hours, even of today. God knows absolutely every detail of your thoughts, of your actions, of your minds. Does that not move you to think, I'm not much good. I can see clearly my faults. May God draw us to himself to know that he also has covered our sin. But it is a real challenge. And if we were to keep this in mind, it would help us to flee from sin. It would help us to purify our hearts and to walk with God in righteousness. If he knows your inner being, would you not bow down humbly and say, Lord, help me to walk in your ways. Don't allow me to think wickedly. Change my attitude and my heart for the glory of your name. The knowledge of God would call you to awake and be a desiring spiritual renewal. Call upon the name of the Lord then. Let this knowledge that he knows everything bring you to worship, challenge your sin that you might flee from it. So, let us draw near. Let us not flee from God. And we should draw near 
Because the last thing I want to say is what an encouragement it is to our faith that God knows you. He knows all about you. He knows every sin. Yet he in Jesus Christ has loved you and called you and brought you to himself. What a great comfort it is to know that God knows. In Matthew 6, 8, there, this word is there, your father knows. And just take those words to think about your father. Your father in heaven knows. He knows when you're struggling. He knows when you're going through difficulty. The psalmist that we sang, Psalm 56, the very tears. God bottles them up. They're precious. He knows the troubles with your enemy. And he is not going to leave you. He sent his son to die for you. And you knowing that ought to be encouraged and comforted and helped to know that God knows every detail. Sometimes in our distress we think nobody knows and nobody cares and everybody's against us. But God's not. He knows even those thoughts and he knows and he's as a father to his people and guides and directs and lifts you up and encourages you. And even when the worst happens, God knows and his hand will be right there with you to bring blessing. Think about it whenever you were young and you, you thought about your own father knowing about you. And maybe at times you were struggling with something and you thought, I wonder does my father know how difficult this is for me? And then he came and he said something and he helped you without any great ado and you realized he knows. He knows. And what an encouragement and comfort that he was there with you. How much more so the God of all the earth who knows not only the immediate future but all about you to the very end of the age to the glory of his name. You see the Lord searches every heart and knows every detail. In First Chronicles, uh, the word of God comes and you, my son Solomon, acknowledge the God of your father and serve him with wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches every heart and understands every motive. He knows your very motives. And he will be there to do you good. If you seek him, he will be found by you. If you forsake him, he will reject you forever. If you bow before him and acknowledge that he is a God who knows, surely he will be there with you. The believer is absolutely secure in the God who knows all things. Your mistakes don't take him by surprise. Your sins don't take him by surprise. The things that come into your life that are an utter surprise and, and a shock to your system, God knows. And the end is known to him even before the beginning. And so when we read in 1 John 3 these words, God knows everything 
We know that he knows everything. And it comes there in the context of the heart that condemns. Just go back to those verses there before that. Verse 19. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. Whenever our hearts condemn us, in other words, when we are guilty of sin, we we feel that. For God is greater than our hearts. He knows all about our sin and he draws us to himself. He knows everything. Our confidence comes, John goes on to say, through the Savior because we obey his commands in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's take thought about the omniscient God. It's a truth scripture upholds. Sometimes you don't like to think about God knowing everything. It's it becomes uncomfortable. But it ought to draw us to worship. It may challenge our sin. But it brings us huge comfort and encourages us that the God whom we love, who has loved us, is never surprised by our mistakes.